This is Five on Three. Center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to Five on Three, WFUV's NHL podcast. Another episode here in our preseason about two weeks out from, I guess one week, right? Today is October 4th, so what? one week until the beginning of the NHL season. Today's October 5th. It's been a long weekend, a long week for all of us. We, we are here to talk about the Western Conference and our trophy predictions. Tyler Mooney is here, as always. Colin Lochran joins us for the first time. Colin's going to be covering the Rangers for the station this year. Colin, thanks for joining us, man, and uh, we're happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's great to be here. I can't wait to dig into the West, although something tells me there's not much to dig into. It's very top-heavy. In my estimation, I'm uh, blessed to be covering the Rangers this year, too. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys more throughout the season. For sure. Colin and Thomas Quigley uh, are going to do the Rangers. Tyler and I will be heading down to UBS Arena starting that last weekend in November uh, to cover the Islanders. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun and I'm going to make fun of them when they beat the Rangers. Don't don't worry about that. Um, So we have the West to talk about and we'll start in the Pacific because it is I think I wrote in my Ram article this week that it's vomit inducing uh, because it's really really bad Uh, so the way I did this this year was I just eliminated teams I knew weren't going to make the playoffs so in the Pacific I eliminated Anaheim LA San Jose Calgary and Vancouver which leaves only three teams Vegas Edmonton and Seattle I put Seattle in even after our conversation back over the summer where we, I think that they completely botched the expansion draft, but their goaltending is really good. And we know what an expansion team who can't score can do with really good goaltending. And that's get to the Stanley cup final. I don't have that high expectations for them as, as I don't expect them to get to where Vegas did obviously, but they could have a really, I could have a pretty nice season uh, with Philip Grubauer back there. So my three teams from the Pacific, are Vegas, Edmonton, Seattle, Vegas in an absolute runaway to take the crown in this division. Um, and Tyler, unless you're going to try and convince me that Vancouver is good, um, I don't see any way any of us could have a different three. No, I have the exact same three as you. And we clearly share a brain because I was going through the exact same pro- thought process of you. I was thinking back to our episode in end of June, I believe, when the expansion draft was. And I was like, wow, we really were all completely saying how this was a terrible expansion draft for Seattle. How can I go on here three months later, two months later, and and put them in the playoffs? But that's that's what I'm gonna do. So I have Vegas in first place again in a runaway. I think they could win the division with like three weeks left in the season because after that, really none of the, these teams I feel that confident about. I have Edmonton coming in second, although there's plenty of question marks with them, and then I have the Kraken falling up in third. And no wild card teams. This this division gets no wild card teams if that needed to be said. Yeah, this division is quite frankly horrible. I do have a different third-ranked uh, team, but you need to understand in no way am I saying this team is actually good. I'm just saying that they're a little bit better than Seattle in that they've been a franchise for a bit longer. I actually have Vegas, Edmonton, and the Kings coming in third, and my choice of L.A. in third is not because I think they're a good team. I just think they have enough. Uh, quite frankly, I see uh, Calvin Peterson taking over. This year, as it progresses, he had a decent year last year, although the record might not indicate that. He did have 16 quality starts, which, you know what, quite frankly, I'll take, given how bad the Kings are on paper. Uh, You know, Jonathan Quick getting older 
he's not the guy he was. The question I have for that team is can Kopitar and Dowdy lead them in some way, shape, or form? And they just look like a team that's not good but might be able to sneak in to the playoffs based on the virtue of that division being that bad. Uh, my number one and two, uh, like you guys, is Vegas and Edmonton in that order. Uh, for Vegas, you lost Marc-Andre Fleury, big, big loss there. But, you know, you kept the core. You still have Max Pacioretty. You still have the Ranger killer, Alec Martinez, who you re- maintained. Uh, you have the third highest goals per game total last year, which is important because it tells me they can score consistently. And that's something they're going to need to do, especially when you lose Fleury, guy who, you know, big year last year for them. Uh, Leonard is now in goal. He, he's not great, but I think he's serviceable given the fact that they have such a high scoring capability and they should be able to score consistently. And then as far as Edmonton's concerned, I think everyone knows what to expect from them. Like you're going to have a good scoring team. You have dry saddle, you have Connor McDavid. Their, their questions start when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin in my mind is can they get the, the monkey off their back? Uh, I think adding Hyman was a good move for them. Uh, 33 points in 43 games last year. I mean, I'm not sure he was worth the price tag. Agree a hundred percent. I think um, that, yeah, that they're going to benefit from Hyman, but it, it was an expensive price tag. Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure anyone was worth what they actually gave him in actuality, uh, unless it's Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Orr, but you know, that's just my estimation. I do like the Duncan Keith move. For Edmonton, I know people have been trashing that move on on Edmonton's part, but he does have championship pedigree. For a team that has been critiqued for not knowing how to win, that might be an element that could be useful down the road, in my estimation. Yeah, I think Keith can be an interesting piece for them. I think that the price is really bad. Just it's not even their fault. It's what uh, not Colorado Chicago signed him to, um, but you know what you're getting, and to have Chicago not retain any salary, I think is going to be tough for them. And I think LA is an interesting team because they can really make a corner turning type season here. If they can get, you know, Quentin Byfield to produce. And you mentioned Cal Peterson who just signed a contract extension. They can turn a corner. Um, I don't have the high aspirations of them making the playoffs. I don't think that that is, that is really on the table for them. Yeah. I mean, that third spot is going to be completely up for grabs though. So, I mean, if they can get off to a hot start, there's no reason that M or Vancouver or Calgary, those would be the three teams. I think Anaheim and San Jose are horrifically bad. Um, but if Seattle is a little bit worse than maybe we think they are, defensively especially, those are the teams, LA and then the Canada teams, that can jump up early in the season and put Seattle into a bind. So that third spot is a team that's just going to get absolutely trounced by Edmonton. Or, I mean, if Edmonton happens to win the division, then it would be Vegas, but you talk about Edmonton getting the monkey off their back. Really easy way to do that is maybe play the third place team in the Pacific Division because whoever it is is not going to be very good. Um, but yeah, no no wild card spots across the board for us because the division's really really bad. Um, anybody have Vegas winning the President's Trophy? I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really think that far. I think they win the division like run away, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I to go back to L.A. really quickly, I, I did think about, you know, potentially putting L.A. in there because you mentioned Quentin Byfield. If he can perform like the, the player that he was drafted to be, that, that those, those centers are – that's a very good center core. It's Kopitar, Janal, and then Quentin Byfield. So, I mean, that, that could be a top-10 center depth in the league. But I just think – you mentioned Cal Peterson, Colin, but I, I just don't think he's going to have really any help on defense. I mean – 
They got Drew Dowdy, who is obviously in the twilight of his career. I don't really see him getting any better. They signed Alex Edler. I mean, he's also kind of similar with Drew Dowdy. He's in the twilight of his career. And I just think, you know, they could score some more goals this year that they they have in the past because they have been struggling to score goals in this recent stretch of years. But I still think they're maybe one or two years away for, from making that jump into the playoffs. But if you're going to take a wild card on a team in this division, I, I think L.A. would be the team. They're L.A. or Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, LA has question marks as do all of these teams in the West, quite frankly, but yes, in my mind, it comes down to, can the old men get it done? And if there's going to be a group that's going to surprise people, it could be LA based on the virtue of, yeah, Drew Doughty is in the twilight of his career, but him and Kopitar have had experience. They've been here before. Uh, it's possible, especially in that division. <laughs> so that leaves five spots in the central division. So now we have those three teams in the Pacific Five spots up for grabs in the Central. For me, I think that there are six teams that can go for it. Arizona is actively trying to lose, so it's not going to be them. Nashville, very interesting because they've sold off a lot of pieces. They they traded Ryan Ellis to Philadelphia and Victor Robertson to the Kings. Um, but maybe they can make amends and, and, and get back into this playoffs, but their cap sheet is really, really bad. <laughs> it's really ugly, um, and – if Shea Weber retires, then it's going to be even uglier with cap recapture and all that garbage that we can talk about. It's a different day. Um, so I don't necessarily see them as a playoff team. Uh, so that leaves me with six teams for five spots. I have Colorado taking the division and the president's trophy. Winnipeg, I'm very high on this season. I have them in second. Minnesota, I have there in third, just because I think Kaprizov is really going to bounce up after a great season. If they had traded for Jack Eichel, I could make them challenge for Winnipeg. I don't think they will, though. I love the offseason St. Louis had, so I've got them in the first uh, wild card spot. And I have Dallas over Chicago because I really did not like what Chicago did, Tyler. We talked about it in the offseason. I I don't – the Seth Jones contract was brutal. Um, The Marc-Andre Fleury move is odd, and we're going to see if he has anything left in the tank. And Tyler Johnson is overpaid. So, for me – it's going to be Dallas, and I mentioned Seattle probably getting drubbed in the first round. I would put the same for whether it's Dallas or Chicago you put in that final spot. Neither one of those teams I don't think is particularly good. Yeah, I have the same five teams, different order, though. I got Colorado winning the division. I have Minnesota coming in second. I think, you know, even an, another year, Kirill Kaprizov, plus they got Matthew Boldy probably making his debut this year. That's going to help them a lot. I have St. Louis coming in third. I agree. I love the offseason they had. And then I have Winnipeg and Dallas as the two wildcard teams. I have a slightly different uh, grouping of teams, but still similar in some respects. I have the Avalanche finishing first and winning the President's Trophy. I'm very high on them. I think Nico Ratnan played great last year, 66 points, the best plus minus in the NHL. They're just so deep, you know, Nathan McKinnon, Kale Markar, who, by the way, hasn't reached his full potential. More on that later, though, as we make our predictions. Uh, second, I have Winnipeg. Uh, I think they're another great team that's, you know, had some struggles in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Maybe this is the year that they continue to progress there. Uh, and third, I have St. Louis, uh, mainly because I think, again, they had a really good offseason. And Tarasenko uh, looks good. So far in the preseason, no reason to really question how he's going to play. Uh, adding Pavel Bushnevich was a good move, in, in my opinion. Uh, and then for the wild cards, I have Dallas and Chicago taking those wild cards. I left out Minnesota, not so much because I think Minnesota is horrible, 
I just have a feeling that the Blackhawks had the pieces that have experience that could make a run down the stretch and that that could be the death of a team like Minnesota. Yeah, the experience for Chicago is certainly a plus. I don't think there's any question about that. And if, if Kirby Doc can make a step forward, then I think that they have a better center core than Minnesota, even if he doesn't. Um, they have a better center core because Minnesota doesn't have any centers. Um, I just don't think that they're particularly well coached by, um, oh God, the former Islander, Jeremy Colleton. Um, and Jonathan Taze, I love him. He's really old. Patty Kane put himself into the, um, the second place for the MVP the conversation last year at one point, but then kind of faltered off. Uh, he's getting older. Seth, Seth Jones' contract is brutal. Obviously, that's not going to impact how he plays, but that's going to impact them any, making a move at the deadline or doing anything like that. And to me, you mentioned how Robin Leonard maybe is a step down from Marc-Andre Fleury. In terms of career numbers, 100% correct. There, there's no question about that. I personally, as good as Marc-Andre Fleury is, think that that might have been a system trophy he won last year as the Vesna. that Vegas just plays fantastic team defense they have since they got in the league that's why they got to the Stanley Cup final in 2017 um and you add Alex Petrangelo it's only going to get better um and that Robin Leonard is really going to succeed in that system because we saw him succeed in a very similar situation with the 2019 Islanders I can't say the same about Chicago they've been brutal defensively and did they improve by putting Seth Jones on there instead of Duncan Keith? Sure, they did. I personally think Seth Jones is overrated, but you did improve because Duncan Keith basically can't skate anymore. I, I don't know. I, I can't see Marc-Andre Fleury following up last year with an even similar season at all, um, although you can make the same argument about Cam Talbot. So I think that this central division is going to be – definitely the division to watch in the West up there with the, the metropolitan in terms of division to watch in the entire league, because there is, I think there are 16, I think that wild card race is going to be really interesting between those, those three teams at the bottom. Yeah. Chicago. I agree that they're, they're going to be in it. I think towards the very end, trying to get that wild card spot, but there is just too many questions for me. Namely what you just said, Chris, Mark Andre Fleury was playing last year on probably in my mind, the second best, decor behind Colorado that's going to help any goaltender he's going to a much worse defensively team now and he is at the twilight of his career I hope that he can continue to play at the level that he was I'm just not sure he can that's a big question you mentioned Seth Jones they're paying him like a legitimate number one defenseman which I agree with you Chris I do not think he is that um that's question mark can he can he step up to that that pay grade um Jonathan Taves is old and he didn't play at all last year. So he hasn't played in a very long time. What are we going to get out of him? You mentioned Kirby doc. I just think there's too many questions with the Blackhawks, even if some of them, you know, okay. Even if some of them turn out to be positive answers, I don't think all of them will. And I think in such a deep division, they're just, they're in a weird spot right now where I feel like they should, we talked about this in the off season too, Chris, where I feel like they should be, at the point where they're kind of selling off, but it seems like they're kind of building for one more run. And I just don't think they have the pieces to, to go on that run. See, I think they have the pieces to sneak into the dance. I don't think they're anywhere near the top of that. Like, that's how I see Chicago yeah. shaking up this year. I like the flurry move in that, again, it is experience career-wise. He's been great. Um, 
but you know, I think he's a step up over Leonard in that regard. Maybe a change of scenery again could help him. I remember there were times in the end of his reign in Pittsburgh where they said he's getting tired, he's getting old, and, and he went to Las Vegas, had some great times there. Maybe that happens again. I don't know. Uh, I certainly didn't expect him to play as well as he did last season, but he did. He came out, had a great year, obviously. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the Seth Jones move, I liked it in that it is an upgrade I'm putting air quotes over Duncan Keith because he can skate a little bit better. Duncan Keith's getting older. I don't like it in terms of what they're trying to actually build, which is one more run and that spirit of the old men are going to get it done with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, obviously. You know, Taves wasn't available much last season. That changes this year, and I think that changes how you view Chicago going into the season. Uh, in that respect, you could go either way on it. I mean, Jones is a good player. He's not what, he, what people thought he was going to be maybe two years ago consistently. I mean, there was that period of time with Columbus where he looked really, really good. And then last year, the numbers kind of dropped off. Uh, it remains to be seen what happens with that this year. But if you're asking me to take a pick over Duncan Keith or Seth Jones, my answer is I could go either way on it in terms of what Chicago's actually trying to do. Because to your point, Tyler, it seems like they could be a team that just unloads, rebuilds, and starts from scratch. Like that's a very plausible thing that the Blackhawks could be doing right now. But, you know, instead they're choosing to go for a guy like Flurry. They're choosing to invest in the fact that these guys still have something left in the tank. Uh, you know, I mean, based on what I've seen, I think they could sneak into that second wild card because, you know, the Pacific is very, very um, flawed. It's flawed. As yeah, is whoever Central, gets in. Um, it's going to come from the Pacific. It's right, whoever gets from. in, uh, whether it's uh, Dallas or Chicago, they're going to benefit heavily from the um, from the Pacific division being just downright terrible. That, that That's what it is. And, and maybe that's why Chicago is going for this. Personally, I think it's because there was a 0% chance they were ever going to trade the final two years of the Kane and Taze contracts. So they figured they might as well go for it. Now paying uh, Seth Jones $9.5 million till the end of the world, that's not exactly how I would define going for it. But – I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out, of course. That, that's kind of how this all works. I don't see them as – but I've read both sides where people are saying that this is going to be the greatest thing ever and people saying that there's no way this is going to work. I tend to side with there's no way this is going to work, but that's why they play the games. Um, so you will advance to picking the Western Conference champion. I think we're going to get Colorado Vegas uh, number two. For the second consecutive year here, the Colorado and Vegas are going to play this time in the Western Conference Final. I think Colorado is going to slay the Demons and finally get to the Western Conference Final for the first time in the McKinnon area, era and beat Vegas after losing that heartbreaker last year. Uh, I, I really do think that this is Colorado's year. They are out for revenge in every single way because they should have won the Stanley Cup last year. Uh, they were the best team, and they should have won it. But they didn't because they couldn't beat Vegas. Uh, at any part of the season. So I think that they are going to be out for revenge. Devontae's hurt early in the season, but it should looks like it should clear up even by maybe by the time the season starts. Um, and I, I'm quite high on Darcy Kemper in that spot. So I think Colorado is going to roll, maybe not roll, roll to the West Conference Finals for sure and take down Vegas. If you remember back to last week, I have the Islanders in the Stanley Cup Final. So that is my Stanley Cup Final, Colorado against the Islanders. Tyler, you had Tampa if I remember correctly. So who do you have joining that? 
Yes, I agree. It's going to be a Colorado Vegas conference final. We talked about last year how it felt like it was destiny that those two teams were going to meet in the playoffs. And I think it's the same thing this year. I think both of them in very similar situations where they're going to be great in the regular season, but you know, the questions for them are not in the regular season. The questions are in the playoffs. It's both cup or bust for them. And I agree. I think Colorado will be able to get it done. I think that decor is just so good. I don't think they downgraded at all in goal with Grubauer leaving, but they got Darcy Kemper and they're adding Bowen Byram to that defense, which just does not seem fair because they already have so many amazing pieces. So I think that is going to be potentially, you know, if it happens, it's still nine months off or whatever, but that could potentially be, you know, the series of the playoffs if those two teams meet because they're just such high powered offenses, such amazing defenses, great atmospheres. So I hope we see them. And if we do, I'm picking Colorado. Yeah, I have it being Vegas and uh, Colorado as well in the Western Conference Finals. And I do have the Avalanche coming out on top. I really, really like the move for Kemper. I think it does put them above Vegas from a goaltending standpoint this go around. Uh, and I think that's going to make all the difference. I mean, truthfully, when you get to that point in the Stanley Cup playoffs, sometimes the best goaltender just comes out on top. And that's how this goes often. We saw it with Vasilevsky at times. We saw it years ago with Lundqvist carrying the Rangers as far as he could until he couldn't do it anymore. And in this case, that could happen with the Avalanche. I could see Kemper having a great series against Vegas and him just out-dueling their goaltender. Who do you have winning the East, Colin? You obviously weren't with us last week. I have Tampa Bay winning the East, uh, not because I particularly want them to win the East. In fact, I would <laughs> like them to actually lose out and see someone else in there, like the Islanders, like the Bruins, Maybe the Rangers make a Cinderella run. I know New York might be hoping for that. But no, I just think Tampa's really, really good and really deep. I mean, anytime you have guys like Braden Point that are often second fiddle to Nikita Kucherov and Sam Coase is still there and Ryan McDonough, the ex-captain of the Rangers, is now just a footnote on the Lightning. I mean, watching that series last year again, from Montreal and the Lightning really opened my eyes to how good the Lightning were as a unit because they're just so deep. I mean, their whole roster is the great players. And Vasilevsky yeah. in the playoffs last year was insane. He was nuts. Yeah. It's one of the great playoff runs by a goal. You're 100% right. And as a fan of a team who's played against them 13 times in the playoffs for the last, feels like six weeks ago, the 2020 conference final. Um, yeah, it just never stops. And the third line is gone now, so that depth is a little bit taken away. But Three, three people picking the, uh, Tampa to win the East, and I am lone wolfing the Islanders. Um, I have Colorado winning the Stanley Cup. As I mentioned, I think they're slaying the Demons, and they're finally going to do this thing. Um, I think Nate McKinnon is going to lock himself into the number two player in the world this year. Um, so my pick is Colorado over the Islanders in five. Um, I don't think the Islanders have the horses to hang with Colorado, personally. Um, but I, I – I picked Colorado last year and I really was confident in that pick all the way up until they actually lost to Vegas. Um, so I, I think that this team can get through the playoffs finally this time uh, and lift the cup. I have Colorado wing as well. I got them beaten Tampa. Let's say, honestly, those teams match up so well. I would say it goes seven games. I think they exercise their demons this year and we need a new Stanley Cup champion, guys. I can't come on here and pick the Lightning to win three straight <laughs> times. I would never forgive myself. So I'm going Colorado. 
I have the Avalanche in seven over the Lightning based on the virtue of I really like the Avs defense in this case. I think Tampa's getting older in that respect. Guys like Victor Hedman are aging now, and we're getting to that point. Same thing with Ryan McDonough, whereas Mark Carr, he's young. He's got the legs to do this, and I think that matters in a series that could come down to the wire. So I have the Avalanche coming out on top. Yeah, it's a great point because behind McCarr, you have Devontae, who's not 30, and Bowen Byram, who's like, what, 22? Exactly. And Sam Gerard too. Yeah. Who is like, he's so young. He's sneaky yeah. young. I think he might be 24 or 25. He's fast. And he's, he's so, so fast. fast. Oh my God. Uh, him and him and McCarr together is a literal cheat code. That is that sometimes I will browse like the NHL. Now this year it'll be like ESPN plus. I'll be like, Oh, what game do I want to watch? And it's not even a question. Some nights like, Oh, Colorado's on great. And they're, Oh, they're on the power play. Perfect. And you just watch like a full on clinic for like two minutes. It's incredible. And it's both of those guys and their feet. Absolutely amazing. Uh, this is the second straight year we've gone across the board with Colorado as the cup champion. So apologies to all the people of Denver because we never got these things right. Um, so here we are. Um, and so I actually have a little bit of breaking news personally. Last week I said that I had Barry Trotz winning the Jack Adams. Then I went and wrote my ramp piece and I put Jared Bednar down because I was like, yeah, they're going to win the president's trophy and he hasn't won one yet. So that's who they're going to give it to. So I'm changing my pick from Barry Trotz to Jared Bednar. Uh, we'll start there. I think Trotz is a, is a front runner on the East side. Bednar, obviously DeBoer, those guys we kind of know. Uh, but it could be, as we've seen in the past, a team that surprises us that gets the Jack Adams. So Tyler, based on your predictions, where do you see the coach of the year headed? All right, so I was between two guys, and I thought about this long and hard. He didn't pick Barry said, Trotz, Colin. Watch this. No, He's I, didn't, say, I didn't pick Barry He's going to say he was between Barry Trotz and somebody else. He didn't pick Barry Trotz. I was between Barry Trotz and someone else, and I picked <laughs> someone else, and that someone else is Gerard Gallant. Of course you did. The New York Rangers, they've missed the playoffs the last few years. They had a rough go of it last year, but I think – Everything's going to come together this year. I've seen some people picking them to win the division, Chris. Can you imagine that? If this team goes out and, you know, say they get a top two spot in the If Metro, they win the I, division, he deserves coaching. He deserves it, exactly. I'm banking on the Rangers doing that. I'll let you pick yours, Colin. But then I have another guy who I think you got to keep an eye on this guy. But you go first, Colin. I don't think you'll pick this guy. But if you do, I don't want to spoil it. I thought about Gallant only because I'm from New York and I think it'd be great to see, but I don't think he's going to win because I don't think he fits what the Rangers are actually trying to do personally with the, the youth movement and them trying to be young and, and faster. I pick Barry Trotz actually. I, I, I think he, I just think he's a great coach. I mean, every year the guy seems to figure it out in one way or another. I mean, he might not win the cup every year, but his teams are always right there, whether it be when he was in Washington and now with the Islanders. I, I just think he always does a great job. I think it's a safe pick on my end, not too risky. But just to address the Gallant thing, I, I don't know. I, All right, I don't let's see if I can guess who Tyler's sleeper pick is. Uh, it's not Elaine Vigneault, that's for sure. No. Uh, <laughs> Tyler's sleeper pick is somebody that's going to tick me off. That's, that's the answer there. Uh, Joel Quenville. No. Who is it? It's Dave Hackstall. I'm looking oh, at the Oh, okay. That's a right good now. pick. That's a really I'm good pick. I'm looking at the odds right now. If you are of gambling age, which I am not, I believe you are, Chris. I am. I'm yeah. not sure about you, Colin, but uh, <laughs> he's plus 2,000 right now. He's like, I think he's like the 11th or 12th highest odds on here. 
which like we've said, the Seattle, they're not in a good division at all. It wouldn't be crazy at all for them to get, you know, maybe even second in that division, which that'll be a great storyline. I don't know. I think that's some pretty good value on Dave Hacks, though. I don't even necessarily think he's that good of a coach, but. So instead of, instead of me, you're targeting your Philly friends, which I think is hysterical. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I could see Haxtell absolutely winning Jack Adams. That's a great call because we saw Gallant. It was Gallant. Yeah, Gallant run yeah. away with it in 2017. So that is certainly an interesting pick that is one to watch. Uh, where should we go next? Uh, let's go Calder next because I think we're all going to agree. I know Mike Messina would, pick, would agree. Uh, his, we all know his favorite player is Cole Caulfield. I think Cole Caulfield's going to win the Calder Trophy. I am tempted to pick Trevor Zegras of Anaheim. That, that was my toss-up, um, but I don't think Anaheim's going to be particularly good. I also don't think Montreal's going to be particularly good, but Cole Caulfield, we saw in the playoffs how electric this guy is. Uh, he can put the puck in the back of the net like pretty much nobody else at his age, and I think he is going to comfortably take the Rookie of the Year trophy. I have Caulfield as well. I was between him and Spencer Knight, but ultimately I just, I'm not sure if Knight's going to get enough starts with Bobrovsky still there. So, and yeah, Caulfield, I mean, he was lighting it up in the playoffs. I think he's the clear favorite, I'm pretty sure. And I, I just don't see a way unless he gets injured. If he can keep scoring at the pace that he was scoring last year, I think he can run away with this because Zegers, yeah, he could be good, but I don't think he, I think Caulfield's playing with way better players than Zegers is. Zegers is kind of the lone man on Anaheim. So I got Caulfield, man. I love rooting for Cole Caulfield. The guy's five foot seven. He's out there zipping around scoring 12 points in 20 playoff games. He's, he's my pick as well to take home this trophy. And, and also him and Nick Suzuki had a great chemistry last year in the Stanley cup playoffs. Don't think that's not coming back. That's definitely going to transfer over to this year. And my guess is it's only going to get better as those two start to play more and more, regardless of how good Montreal is as a team, as a whole, those two guys are going to make it work somehow between them. Yeah. And I, I make fun of Mike. You're hundred percent right. Colin Cole Caulfield is a heck of a lot of fun to watch. Um, and he will be for a long time, American kid. And he was a lot of fun to watch at Wisconsin and on the world junior team and not going to make the Olympics this year, but definitely a guy to watch for 2026 to, to represent the stars and stripes. All right. Uh, Norris trophy. I think McCarr is probably the odds on favorite. I would not be surprised if he was like my, like a minus favorite. Um, I'm going to li like, it's not really off the board. He's probably two or three with Charlie McAvoy. I think that McAvoy probably should have cover your ears. Tyler won it last year, maybe, but Adam Fox had a hell of a year. I'm not taking it away from him. McAvoy had a great year. I think it was an underrated year. Um, and I think that he will step up this year. And remember, now he has a second season taking that power play one role from Tory Krug. And if you're on the power play with David Pasternak, you're going to get a lot of assists. So I got Charlie McAvoy. I have Kale McCarr. I think he's he is the favorite. I'm looking at the odds now. He's plus 350, which for an award, that's like that's pretty impressive to be that low of a, of a favorite or that high of a favorite, I should say. But um. I think, you know, he's going to be on one of the best teams in the league. He's on one of the best decors in the league, and he is the de best defenseman. And I think we're going to obviously be comparing him and Adam Fox for the rest of their careers. And Adam Fox went and got his Norris last year. There's got to be a little part of Cal McCarr that says, all right, you want to do that? I'm going to go win a Norris as well. So I got Cal McCarr winning it this year. 
I have Kale McCarr as well, 36 assists last year. I think that number's going up this year. The guy can do everything for you on defense. He's efficient on offense as well. I think he has so much room to grow, and I don't think we've even tapped into his full potential yet. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I am extremely high on Kale McCarr, and I think that part of it, Tyler, is going to be him saying, well, if I hadn't gotten hurt, I probably would have won it. And again, probably. I'm not taking any way, anything yeah. away from Adam Fox, but Kale McCarr was having a heck of a season before he got hurt. And if he doesn't get hurt, I, I don't see a way he doesn't win uh, the Norris Trophy. Okay, uh, let's see. That's three down. Let's go to Vesna. I pick Andre Vasilevsky like every single year for this because I think he's the best goaltender on the planet. Um, but I think that the voters are going to be a little bit sick of Tampa and they're going to give it to Connor Hellebuck for the second time in three years. Uh, I think the American kid is going to going to carry Winnipeg. They have an improved defense, so the stats are going to go up a little bit. Uh, and I have them in second place in that division uh, for a real improvement over what we've seen for the last couple of years. So I have Connor Hellebuck winning the Vesna. I have Philip Grubauer winning the Vesna. A little bit off the board there, but, I mean, he's going to be on a team that's going to prioritize defense. He's playing in front of a pretty solid decor, and I think that, you know, Everyone loved Vegas when they came in. I think the voters maybe if it's if it's a close race, they might give it to Grubauer because of that cracking advantage. So I think Grubauer is going to get it. He was nominated last year, so he's you know he he's still an outstanding goaltender, and I think that'll be a great story to see the Kraken get an award. Yeah, I have Andre Vasilevsky's human vacuum, a .937 save percentage in the playoffs last season what can you say the guy gives you his all each and every time out on the ice I think he's going to be great this year again and it would not surprise me I have him winning the Vesna by quite a nice margin quite quite honestly yeah and I think that you can't go wrong there he's the best goalie on the planet and I I wonder I wonder before we get into the heart we all know who everybody's picking for the heart but before we get into the heart I wonder how much the Olympics is going to come into trophy voting it's not supposed to obviously um, but you know, if, if Russia wins the gold medal, for example, and Vasilevsky and Hellebuck have similar seasons, does somebody hold the Olympics say, Oh, Vasilevsky won a gold medal this year. So he's the best goalie in the world. Let's give him the trophy. It's not supposed to happen. Um, but I think that it might for Nate, not just the Vesna for a couple other trophies, because it, it's, it's hockey that they're all playing against each other. And that might be a tiebreaker situation. I, that, that was something I heard that I hadn't really thought of before. Yeah, I haven't thought of that either. I mean, I kind of hope it doesn't happen. It's, yeah. not, it's not the NHL. It shouldn't count to it. But I could see, you know, that kind of unconsciously going into voters' minds if they're debating between, yeah, two guys and one of them just won a gold medal two and a half months prior. Yeah, I think it could come into play in that respect. Even if you're not actively thinking about it, you won't forget like, if you saw a great action game in the Olympics between two goalies battling it out, you'll remember, especially when you're voting for that year's Vesna winner. Yeah, 100%. So that was something I saw. And obviously, it should not count. It's not technically going to. But I do think that I agree. Subconsciously, it might get in there. Um, anybody want to jump on a hot take here and not take Connor McDavid? Both. Both of you are not taking Connor McDavid. Fascinating. Go for it, Tyler. Tell me what. I got Austin Matthews. Interesting. I actually picked him to win last year, and he, he, he almost he got in there, but McDavid was just literally too good. I, I, the whole year I was thinking, like, okay, like 
even if McDavid's a little bit better, Matthews is having such an incredible season. Like maybe they'll give it to him, but McDavid was literally too good to not like they had to give it to him. It'll probably happen again this year, just because he's the best player in the world by a long shot. But I mean, Matthews, he's going to lead the league in goals. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. And you never know if Toronto can, can, can make a run and maybe win the division. It's a regular season award. So we don't have to worry about Toronto's playoff failures and Austin Matthews playoff failures. So if someone not named Connor McDavid will win the heart, I think it would be Austin Matthews. Yeah, I mean, I played it very safe with my other takes today. This is the one take that is probably not safe at all. And there's no bias here. Absolutely no bias. And Aaron. David Pasternak. Oh, Pasternak. I think this year could be a lot like 2019 for Pasternak because now he has Taylor Hall with him for a full year on the other side which means not as much defensive attention is going to be focused on pasta. He'll have more room to work. People forget 2019, the guy had 95 points with 47 assists mixed in. If he does that again this year, maybe a little bit more, which now he can do, because remember, Krejci's not there anymore. They're going to be relying on pasta doing even a little bit more than what he was already doing. So I, I think this could be a good recipe for him to have this heart-winning year. Uh, and, you know, I know Connor McDavid's still there. Matthews is a threat as well over in Toronto, but still, you never know. I think Pasta's a scary player. Maybe this is his year. If I had to pick somebody that wasn't McDavid, I'd pick probably McKinnon, probably. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that McDavid is in for a heck of a year this year. And last year, people were like, oh, well, he had 100 points in 56 games, which is insane, but he played against nobody. Well, we just talked about the Pacific Division. And, yeah, not all of the games are against the Pacific, but a lot of them are. And he's going to get four games against all three California teams, four games against Seattle. And that that's going to be a huge benefit for him again. I think that when you look at the matchups, you know, Connor McDavid has a, a path here to 125 points, 130, 135 points. There are people out there dropping hot takes about 150. I think 150 would be out of this world. Um, 125 would be insane. How many did Kucherov have when he won the – what year was it? 127? Kucherov Hart Trophy. Um, it was the year sounded, they got swept, right? Wasn't it, wasn't it that year? The, the, the When they broke the record, it might have been. I think it was that year. Uh, yeah, 2018-19 regular season. He had 128 points. Oh. He was so close. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that he's in there for that kind of season. I really do. And that Kucherov season, one of the best we've seen in the post-lockout era. And McDavid's season last year was one of the best we've seen in the post-lockout era. Uh, and I think that this one is going to be right up there with it. So we all have Colorado. And other than that, we did not agree on too much. Um, which Real I quick. Think, yeah. So you mentioned quick. McDavid plays. So that'll be 12 games against those California teams, all none of which have good defenses all. Let's go over under over under 28 points in those games. 12 games against the three California teams. 28. So that's two and a third. It's like two yeah. and a third's a lot. You gotta think one of them is gonna get like five though. Yeah, I think I gotta go over. If, if I'm gonna pick him, like, I think I, if I'm gonna pick him, have 125 points this year. I gotta go over. Two and a third is a lot though. It is a lot. It is Connor McDavid though. I think it I would probably Connor. go over too. Also, like I just would not feel comfortable picking under against him. Like, <laughs> exactly. 
Because then all of a sudden he goes, he goes four three seven in a nine two. Yeah, literally. And it's like, oh, there it is. Like, he's played three games and he's already got like twelve. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely take the over. Anything with Connor McDavid, just, just bet for the guy at yeah. this point. <laughs> that is, yeah, pretty much. If, if it's Connor McDavid, we're gonna bet for it. Um, yeah, I really do think he's in for a heck of a season. Uh, so we have a whole heck of a lot of fun stuff coming up. The season starts in a week which is insane to think about starts at October 12th with Pittsburgh, Tampa on ESPN. We have an episode that we're going to record on October 12th. We're going to do a little preseason recap uh, action, recap the Caprice off contract, the Robin Leonard comments uh, and all that stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched any preseason games. I caught a little bit of Islanders flyers. I think it was. And like, I don't know how much you could take out of it, but there's been a lot of news. So we'll definitely go over that um what to expect from espn all that good stuff and then colin will be colin and quigs will be covering the rangers once they start up in october tyler and i get a little bit of a respite on the bench here until november 20th when the islanders open up ubs arena so stay tuned for all that good stuff we are so excited for this season to finally start for colin lochran and tyler mooney i'm chris Hennessy. we will talk to you next week